This is Merry Christmas. Christmas. This is the Christmas one. Yeah. Merry, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Yes. It, the, We're not there yet. We're not there yet, but yeah. When is the, the latest? Time. When's the latest in January that you would still say Happy New Year to someone when you see them? Interesting. Because some people say that if I've not seen them since the new year, then so I can say Happy in, New Year. But I think you'd, April. you'd be mad to say in April, wouldn't you? That'd just be <laughs> that'd be mental. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like the first half of January it's like quite standard chatter. Oh, Happy New Year! Yeah, yeah. I say about the same amount of time as people's New Year's resolutions normally last, about two weeks. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying on average. That's why there's the, there's the Blue Monday, which is like 20th of January or something, which is the day that everyone realised that they've eaten too much over Christmas and they've spent all their money. So they're now fat and poor <laughs> and they've just lost their New Year's resolution. <laughs> okay Uh, (laughs) and people are sad (laughs) and it's winter so it's dark and yeah january and february are a bit of a slog aren't they well i mean you get some pretty good conditions i'm not opposed to january february no 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 that's a brilliant thing about being climber is it does give us that thing in january and february which isn't you know totally lame or just a board board blast season which i'm also pretty excited for if you ask me yes yeah so that so Um, Let's anyway, actually, we're going yes. Christmassy now, right? Get us, kick, kick Merry us off. Christmas. Kick us off with a kick us off with a song. Oh, um. <laughs> did you not get my itinerary? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I just slipped my mind. Which, which, which? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you'd have a basic grasp with some carols. Yeah, I know the odd carols. The thing is, as soon as he said that, all I could think about was like some carols they sing in the Muppet Christmas Carol. Perfect stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to break out into song, much you, to the disappointment of many listeners. You're not a Christmas song enthusiast? Um, I'm not one to have so much confidence in my own voice, actually. Mm, no, yeah, me neither. I, I absolutely cannot sing at all. Yeah, so, well, yeah, I kind of, um, uh, yeah, what is it? I have to, there are a select few people who I'm happy just to like, have a bash have a bash no like as in like i like singing but i don't really do it around that many people because i don't really know why probably is confidence in my own voice i feel like basically that i can't sing as well but i also think that anyone can sing to a certain degree but Mm, well sounds like a patreon exclusive (laughs) (laughs) oh god no (laughs) um but yeah are you feeling you feeling festive? Uh, yeah, well, we got a Christmas tree. That's always a good oh, start, man. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that is nice. We yeah, forged yeah. out into a into a place to get our own Christmas tree in the mud and the rain. Um, oh, very nice. Uh, so, yeah, got that. Um, yeah. That's advent about as calendar. far as it goes. Yeah, got advent calendar. My mother forbade chocolate advent calendars when I was a kid. So yeah. this sounds pretty austere, but we'd we'd get a cardboard one with like a picture on it. Well, um, this is funny because that's exactly why I've always I've never had a chocolate calendar. No, it's always been it's always been the the pictures. 
Yes, yes, we get the pictures one, and we had we had a really uh, rock and roll wooden one as well. Um, but yes, but, my mom. But there weren't treats in it. Uh, no, no, no. There's no treats. No treats. No yeah, treats. Yeah. <laughs> you just put the wooden icon of baby Jesus or something onto the board, and that's it. Baby, that's... <laughs> baby Jesus or something. Baby Jesus was was day ten, December the tenth. Baby Jesus, he came relatively early. A couple of weeks premature, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks premature, <laughs> and also he beat all of the he beat his own parents to the to the stable, which is quite hard to do, you'd think. Um, wow, he actually I mean, edged like, out Mary and Joseph. Wow, that's quite um yeah quite quite remarkable actually. Yeah, it's quite immaculate. Yeah, um, but actually. Yeah. I tell a lie. I've had one one year. I did get a quite late in in more recent years. Well, not more recent years. I was probably like I don't know seventeen or something. I think we ended up we were gifted a chocolate advent calendar, and I remember being mind blown. Actually, I was probably a bit younger. Maybe I was. I remember being mind blown because my older brother didn't. It was ridiculous to me that you'd open any other door than the one allocated to that current day. Oh, no. Um, he didn't just open up the whole bunch. <laughs> and I went into, his, went into his room and I was like, what? I didn't even clock how it was possible. But it was like probably like the 10th of December and it was empty. Oh, was like, oh no. <laughs> I've seen that as well. I had a flatmate who did that once. It's 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 psychopathic to do <laughs> just literally so, just, just ate all of the chocolate. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> that is, yeah, that is that is what you are allowed to not open each on the day and then build up uh, a sort of buffer and go back in time to eat the chocolates. But oh, eating really? That's forwards, allowed. well, I would accept that. But eating forwards is just, yeah, maniacal. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's anarchy at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be some rules. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. C- Christmas spell. Cr- Christmas. We got, we, are we, do you want to move on to our Christmas theme? Our, our Christmas theme. Our 12 um, climbing-based recommendations of Christmas. The twelve best mince pies to consume. <laughs> no, no. I would have thought, yeah, we didn't come up with a particularly snappy title. We cannot compete with um, former guest Molly Thompson Smith on the old min- mince pie review. I think that's for yeah. sure available on Instagram. Although sadly, she does only put it on her stories. I'd like to see a separate Instagram profile for the mince yeah. pie reviews, Unless... so it can be enjoyed for longer. I haven't actually checked because you can put like a. Uh real or like um highlights oh yes oh yes you might have its highlights so it might be up on that also i'm holding out i haven't had a mince pie this year which like usually this is late in december because i usually make mince pies um it's quite uh, a nice little ritual um do you make all the um, mince meat as well or do you just buy that bit uh usually if i have chance to make it i can but you have to make it quite far in advance but usually i like to kind of uh you know mince pies can be like quite um they can be pretty heavy hitting yeah they can yeah. be pretty dense with the old fruit so i like to like lighten up the the filling with some like pear or like ginger or like something well not that gingers lighten it up so then it's like not too just densely dried fruit okay all right that's the trick is it 
Well, you know. What do you do with the around. what do you do with the pastry bit? Do you go for the the full dome or do you do little indents or stars? Yeah, or... No, I go for the full dome, gotta puncture it to let the steam out, otherwise you get get all a bit of like a mess. Um I t- did in recent years put like um rather than having a pastry top, have like an almond frangipan top. That's pretty good as well. Oh. Uh, just for a bit of like texture variety in there um and that goes well with the old um pear in the filling as well but, um yeah experiment you know they're pretty versatile the old mince pies yeah and actually it's a good point to uh to, to mention to any international uh listeners mince pies is not meat <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> we had that on the on the um discord some people were a bit confused because it sounds like the weirdest christmas tradition ever doesn't it to have like a big meat pie and for everyone but to I be th- like smashing 12 of them or something i think mince pie did used to be meat didn't they yeah for international listeners out there a mince pie is basically a sweet and short crust pastry case with like what is called mince meat is nothing to do with meat at all. It's actually dried fruit, raisin sultanas. Um, I think traditionally would have suet in it, which also isn't vegetarian, but now generally any minced meat that you get is basically just a heavily spiced like uh, mix of dried fruit. Um, and it's pretty warming. And yeah, you basically make these like s- small little bite-sized parts or well, it ranging from bite-sized pies to sizable mince pies. Um, and yeah, it's a little festive treat, which I think is actually very British, isn't it? You're listening to the Careless Talk Climbing Podcast. <laughs> 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 yes. <Sorry>. Just a <laughs> reminder there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, but it's a Christmas special. It's Christmas special, <laughs> yeah. No, I love, I, I'm, I'm big on Christmas. I, I love most Christmas-based things. I love a bit of mulled wine. It's always a good one. Uh, yeah, um, everyone knows what that is. But uh, I'm not a Christmas pudding fan. Um, oh, interesting. Are I you once... a mince pie fan? Yes. Okay. Big time. So maybe it's... Because I feel like the centre of a mince pie is crazy different to a Christmas pudding. No, I think it originates from a time when I was a kid and I saw a fantastic chocolate pudding being divided around Christmas. And I was like, oh, yes, large slice of that for me, please. And salivating at the very concept and then discovered that it was not chocolate. It was, in fact, Christmas pudding, a.k.a. fruit loaf. <laughs> Big Dense sad fruit loaf. Yeah, Big yeah. sad. So I felt betrayed uh, yeah. and I've never really forgiven uh, the pudding since. Yeah, it's an acquired taste. I think it's fair to say. It's just not as good as other puddings that you might have. <laughs> I like the ritual of... Um, Lighting on fire. Setting it on fire, yeah. Yeah, that is the highlight. Yeah, If yeah. only and we then, could make a better pudding and then light that on fire instead. Yeah, yeah, you light it on fire and then take a teaspoon of the edge and loads of custard. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> then custard it up. <laughs> so that you can't taste it <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, yeah my yeah. grandma would make like really intricate christmas cakes every year and actually thinking yeah. about it she never made any other kind of cake she was a christmas cake specialist wow yeah it's yeah, interesting I, though, isn't it thinking I about it i quite like i quite like christmas cake in fact she barely but, cooked at all 
just was all just, on all Christmas cake. Yeah, I guess that's the thing. You can either be an all rounder, or you can choose your discipline. Be a specialist. Be a specialist. Train hard and produce a Christmas cake, which admittedly I didn't really have it because I'm not a fan, but it was probably quite good. Well, nice analogy because I feel like we can both relate to that, can we? Like, we're yeah. like we've kind of stepped away from the all rounder lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. when when Christmas rolled around and a cake was required, my yeah. grandma was in pole showed position. Up. Yeah, she showed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So there, here we are, just yeah, uh, finessing that Christmas cake. Okay, well, on the first day of Christmas, oh, the Christmas, this is how we're doing it. the Christmas, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know how we're going to make it work. <laughs> yeah, the twelve we've days, not, twelve, rec- twelve recommendations of Christmas. We've I'm not really hammered out the format, have we? <laughs> we've got the categories. I got the categories, um, and I came up with a few recommendations for a few of them. And I thought it'd be nicer if some of them we just came up with on the fly. <laughs> nicer, <laughs> plus that's the standard of how we do everything on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Hear me out, hear me out. Don't mess with the format. <laughs> maybe we can come up with a collective recommendation okay. through some debate. Yeah, all right, fine. So the cl- the climbing film. Are you Partly... starting on the climbing film? You're starting on the second day of Christmas. Wait, no, the, the list you sent me, that was number one. It was okay. No. All right. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it in your order. Do no, no, order. you do. You, you do your order because I feel like you might have changed your list because number one was definitely climbing film for me. I might have changed no. the list. Let's do your list. Let's do your list. Let's do your list. Okay. So number one, climbing film. Okay. I feel like we might agree on this one. Well, I'm saying the the obvious, the obvious decision is between the trees. Yes. We spoke about it yesterday upon discussions. I feel like we've spoken about a lot on the podcast. I feel like for me, that was, I mean, it's just been so iconic. It's so quotable as well. It's like the only quotable climbing film because of basically because of Ty. Yeah. 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 It's quotable and they're like weird, wacky quotes. I think it's quite artist, like artistically really nice and like the musically. I like I like the music in it anyway, and Ty is just a very interesting character in it anyway. And I don't know, it was quite influential for me. Definitely, growing up, I was definitely more of a comp climber, but enjoyed climbing outside, but never really like delved into like the specifics of it. And I definitely idolized Ty a lot during that time. Um, always like. Is it idolizer? I feel like that has a lot of negative connotation. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, anyway, it felt like a, felt like the obvious choice. Maybe almost too obvious, but I think, yeah, something we can see eye to eye. Yeah, I think it's hard to look past that one as the best climbing film. Um, I think it's quite difficult to get hold of it now, isn't it? Is it still around? It, is it between the trees? Yeah, between is the it like, trees. Because it's quite, it's popular. I feel like it's pretty much every UK boulder would know about it, but I don't know internationally what it is. Yeah, but essentially it is just Tyler Landman uh, crushing around font with Keith. Keith, Keith Bradbury. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so it's Tyler, Tyler Landman and Keith Bradbury in font. They do a whole bunch of stuff. 
Tyler is always coming out with weird little quotes and pithy little sayings and stuff. It's like, and it's just somehow very magic. It feels like font. Um, it, it it has it conjures up a real accurate portrayal of of a trip to font. I think besides necessarily all the absolute crushing, you know that doesn't necessarily happen on my trips to font. But um, <laughs> but besides that, it feels like really accurate. Um, yeah, yeah. If okay. if we decided I- that we had to have different ones. Or say, if you had to have one that wasn't between the trees, what, what would you have? Oh, what? Well, now you really put me on the spot because I didn't know this was part of the fun. <laughs> now I'm going to have a one, one, two, and three for every other candy. Anything might happen. Anything might happen. <laughs> um, maybe I'd pick another, like, because I'm also looking at the future categories and seeing where these would cross over because I do actually quite like some of the more modern climbing films and more climbing videos. But maybe also, maybe also like some of the. I mean, I've been spending a lot of time in Ticino in recent years, and uh, little scenes like in Stone Love and things Mm. um, feel like. I mean, they were also quite iconic, right? Um, Yeah, yeah. My my second pick, if I had to have a different one, would be the real thing, which I think is available on YouTube. If anyone hasn't seen it, absolute classic. It's Ben and Jerry training at the schoolroom, going on a little trip to Fon. Uh, It's like very iconic for British climbing. There's some great training scenes. There's some awful techno, which is just somehow great. (laughs) (laughs) Some funky montage. Yeah, yeah. And, and, And Jerry, as well, as well as Ty, I would say Jerry is also incredibly quotable he is he is so funny <laughs> yeah 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 there's also some iconic moments <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah totally um right okay all right so that one's easy between the trees between the trees is the obvious would answer. go watch it um, okay so on the second day of christmas should we try we can try and find a link or something for that because I feel yeah like I'll have a look I, I'm not sure if it's around anymore but yeah yeah oh infuriating for all those hoping to then watch it but um <laughs> not to worry because our second category upon the second day of Christmas is available for all who have access to the internet which I assume you do because difficult to listen to this, this without it yeah <laughs> <laughs> unless you've had this sort of put onto a cd or a cassette tape and Ooh, shipped like out it. or vinyl even <laughs> yeah that'd be very us we should we should release these on vinyl really vinyl oh, exclusively on vinyl perhaps mm. um <laughs> uh, anyway upon the second day of christmas careless talk climbing podcast host recommend to you uh, a youtube video or channel oh i did change the list <laughs> wait do you want to do your list? No, no, no. We're doing your list because I, I probably made it better when I sent it over to you. Okay, wait. The, mine is the updated one. Okay. All right. YouTube video wait. or channel. Actually, I, I, I see. I haven't got anything prepared for this, but today I saw previous guest Tom O'Halloran did his Hump of Trouble project video went out and the one he described to us on the podcast yes he described it all to us and then he did it about two days later yeah um 
and he's put together a big video where he talks about uh talks about kind of the trials and tribulations of projecting and the highs and the lows and you get to see he's obviously got quite a lot of footage over quite a lot of years um but it's really i'd say it's he manages to keep it so it's like just doesn't outstay its welcome because if you you know what it is like if you're writing a whole video about one climb there is only there is only so many times i can watch someone fall off something and like i know they're going to fall off because it's 10 minutes into a 25 minute video say you know i know they're going to fall off like you can i reckon you can do that for 24 minutes which is what he did but if you push that up too high i basically just skip through a bit because there's a limit yeah 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 um, there is a limit it's really that, good really good is it also interesting for me because you often reference how you quite like the videos which focus on failure oh well. yeah no totally I, basically any bit where they're talking about how they're feeling that's good yeah. i'm enjoying that anything psych- like anything about the psychology of it great uh, i mean more you know them trying the same two moves and then falling off and yelling oh yeah 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 like slap slap yell slap slap yell slap slap yell if this goes on for too long you know time yeah it was actually it was funny something that i clocked which i no i hadn't clocked but because i'm climbing a bunch of sean at the moment and on his youtube channel he mentioned it in passing we we're talking about YouTube and videos and things because he has that and mellow as well and there's not a single video where he does a climb on his yeah i know i love it it's great (laughs) which is crazy i never quite i've never really clocked it but what i love about sean's youtube is it's like it's designed by his evil twin in an attempt to discredit him (laughs) (laughs) but but it's him (laughs) but it's him it's like he's trying to kind of lower everyone's expectations of all this like it's just like come on i don't climb everything i try (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Maybe it's, it's quite nice. It's very good. Well, if you um, if you want the uh, insider on the authenticity of that, can confirm we've climbed nothing still, but <laughs> we're having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Were you climbing on it today? Your mid the midnight project today? Uh, no, no, I rested today. I felt gosh damn awful, but because um, okay. uh, I was on it yesterday. So okay, um, yeah, yeah, but today. Uh, I think I'll go tomorrow and then have a couple of days elsewhere. Go up to Pavona. Try day, maybe try Dave's Celestite. Was that the thing you, know, you did with all the knee bars? Crazy knee bar, like 3D tomfoolery. Yes, that, yeah, that looked very, very heavy. Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm quite looking forward to trying because that's very him and very not me conventionally. Mm. So it'd be quite fun to get people confused and tied up in knots. Yeah, yeah, it should be a laugh. Mm. Anyway, what, what, what's your what's your climbing video? Your YouTube video. <clears throat> this is YouTube video. Well, it was YouTube video slash channel. Um, so I should say we're, we're obviously banning Wedge because you're a main part of Wedge, but in reality. It would be Wedge. We're both oh. big Wedge fans. But we can't say that because you're the uh, main part of it. I'm not that much of a Wedge fan. I think it sucks. Okay, that's <laughs> no, fair. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no I'm joking. I'm joking. I'll pass that critique on. Wedge is good. I thought I kind of 
dodged the really obvious ones, which are really well known, I guess. So like Mellow as well. Like mm. they obviously come out of a lot of bigger videos and, and smaller uncuts as well. But like I know everyone's heard of Mellow. Yeah, it's not much of a recommendation, is it? Because everyone would have seen Mellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, my recommendation, partly maybe I'm biased because I really like the way Nikki Nicolo Sherrier thinks oh, about yeah. climbing and stuff. But um, initially, I was thinking about it because he brought out, there was a recent video of him called 60 Degrees North, I think, uh, climbing in Finland. And that was really nice because um, it felt very relevant to me at the time it came out because I was just about to travel there. He speaks about a lot of details of phone call women where he described a lot of the geography of the place. So it felt quite like relatable. Mm. But then I, I fought on that theme. I think the flat hold video of Nikki visiting the UK. I really liked when he climbs around Yorkshire. Yeah. Okay. That's a good, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. It's a, it's a nice one because the UK doesn't get all that many international guests. And I think it paints it in a good picture because Nikki as a person is pretty renowned for having a good eye in quality of climbing. So, um, yeah, I think it's a uh, does the UK some justice. Let's say. Yeah, I, I, if you follow Nikki, you'll see he's recently been out in India. He went to um, what's it called? Rackham. That, Rackham. Rackham, and th- that looks really cool. Like you know, when we occasionally talk about one of the sad things about being like an out and out boulderer is it doesn't lead to a great deal of adventure. Like the adventure climbing um, scale. Is, is pretty much, you know, on the other, you know, we're at the other end of the scale, normally in bouldering. But going there would feel a bit more adventurous, like really and cool, like, mostly first ascents. Cu- yeah, a bit more culturally immersive. Though I think just to, for context for people who don't know, that area in more recent years has been um, mostly pushed by Bernd Sangle. Mm. Um, who is, I think he's visited there each year for like, I mean, I'll get this wrong, but I think he's been for like the last many years. It was like seven or eight years or something. He's kept going back there and really like developed the area. Uh, and so I know I, Nikki has put some posts about his time there and referenced how, um, his respect for the effort that's been put into there. And it is cool because, uh, I think it does take, it takes like, I think similarly to like local areas in the UK, it takes like a lot of initiative and like uh, going above and beyond from like individuals to almost make an area accessible to the masses. Um, mm. And it sounds and like it, it, they're doing it in a way that really supports the, um, the locals, which local is really cool. Community. Yeah, they're trying yeah. to like develop the local climbing community and also you know make sure that quite a lot of this money coming from tourism will go into the local economy you know i think that's that's so cool if you can try and get a system where climbers can help an area by visiting it and climbing that's great you know like because there's so much talk about climbers going to a place ruining it moving on <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so it'd be really nice that if you if you get in at the start like you know burns obviously done now you can try and structure the whole thing in a way that's actually 
constructive and beneficial um you know from the ground up which would be which is super cool yeah 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 credit to them yeah um but off topic anyway but that's a youtube video that's worth watching wait nikki visiting uk guys cool all right sweet that's Um, there's some recommendations we didn't decide on one but i think that's okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we're just throwing about a few. Nobody's going to complain about too many recommendations. Maybe could do, but oh, you yeah, never know. We'll Moving on. Internet. Third day of Christmas. On the third day of Christmas, which I feel it's worth me just um, prescribing the list here, right? Because yeah, it sounds yeah, like you, our lists are different. You prescribe the list. Crag snacks. Crag snack. Okay. Do you want to? Do you want to kick it off? Oh, mince pies, of course. No, <laughs> well, for the for Only Christmas a, theme, Stollen. around this time, around Perhaps. this time of year, yeah, yeah, around this time of year, just maximise mint pie consumption opportunities. It's I'd all say. heavy, isn't it? Christmas food, Christmas fare is all very heavy. Stollen, ah, yeah. mince pies, yeah. Christmas cake, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's all very uh, dense stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good but for energy. Uh, hibernation season. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, no, in seriousness, crag snacks. What do I take regularly to the crag? Uh, often I'll bake bread, and that will be part of my like crag um, food. Uh, do that regular. Definitely take bananas a lot. I have bananas a lot. Mm. Actually, something I have been doing in more recent times which I think is quite good. And often I'll do it like if it's a bit of a mission to get to a crag or like it's a bit of a drive or a bit of a walk, but you've got like landing landings to sort out or like uh, faffy stuff. I will uh, take some like, like a pot and I'll put like oats and protein powder in it. And then we'll like mix it up with whatever liquid you want. You can use water if you're feeling bleak. You can like oh. use... Ah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> or some some various form of plant milk or regular milk, if that's also what you like. And then I'll put like fruit on top of that. And then I guess that, in terms of the nutritional theory, um, you might see uh, we had Tom Herbert on the pod, and he's a big fan. Well, I think what he I think he started like a bit of like an Instagram rice club. Where he encourages people to like have like uh, a meal of carbohydrate and protein before a session, um, kind of like uh, to um, to do with glycogen stores, basically. Right. Bookend, bookending your session with carbohydrates makes a lot of sense in a nutrition perspective, in my opinion, um, and also utilizes that bit of a protein window before and afterwards and so that's quite good because basically a protein carb meal and yeah i do that quite regularly yeah i i've seen a few bits of pieces about um you know climbers trying to suggest the ultimate crag snack before uh i know dave dave mcleod had he recommended the boiled egg as the ultimate crag snack uh comes context he's a keto advocate he is uh, it, it, it comes pre-packaged uh which is nice you don't have to worry too much about uh, yeah, yeah, yeah about all that but 
I did do that for a couple of sessions, but to be honest, found it just too much of a faff. Um, yeah. Boiling up an egg. Uh, but it's <laughs> yeah. funny, a lot Call of... Um, investment, that is. <laughs> <laughs> but also, also you, want that, you don't want to be getting to your crang and be like, oh, yes, psyched to do some climbing and trying to fiddly peel your egg with... Yeah, with chalky, yeah. miserable hands, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's funny how, how often like climbers who get into nutrition really do shout about the egg as the answer to our problems. Dave McLeod. Oh, really? If, well, have you seen, I mean, Neil Gresham did his thing on... Uh, uh, He's also a bit of a keto advocate though, isn't he? Yes, but I just saw the front cover of that was him staring into the camera with a sort of very um, sort of humble expression in front of a pan of like 12 eggs. So I figured, I haven't read it, full disclosure, but I figure the egg is going to feature seeing as it was the only food stuff in the picture. So. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel a lot of this is also um, somewhat anecdotal, right? Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I um, don't know. I mean, I know Dave. Dave's obviously done a huge amount of research into nutrition, hasn't he? But oh, yeah, no, no. I mean, like, um, if for, if for like in terms of making a recommendation for people in, individually, like. Uh, Generally, there's research out there to back up any of these claims. So yes. I'm, I've definitely, I've definitely personally been more on like the carbohydrate pre and, pre and post session kind of trained for quite a while. Um, but I'm very much aware that there are alternative uh, perspectives out there, and I have no judgment towards that. Um, I'm not saying that I have it right, but that's just something that I've done more uh, personally. Um, and uh, I also would say probably to radically change what is quite familiar for you might not always be the best idea as well. No, I mean, I, personally, I don't, my, the thing I actually would take is the humble flapjack. I think you can't, you can't beat it because it's got the sugar in it. It's, it's, it's that perfect mix of like, slow and fast release energy that i love about yeah. it so much i've basically just got the deconstructed flapjack in my little oats pot yes yours is probably got you know yours is probably healthier mine would be more just sort of sugar and goo delicious goo <laughs> do you make your own flapjacks <laughs> no i have done in the past but it's actually even though it should be ridiculously easy because it's got like two ingredients it seems to be quite hard to get it right in the sense that it's either just a kind of ot mess or it's Sounds just good to me. straight stodge <laughs> or like you know it's, if you overcook it over bake it a bit it just sort of shatters yeah 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 um, okay sounds like you've got some work to do to finesse that flatback recipe you'd though. think you'd <laughs> think that i'd be able to do a, i mean it's not exactly rocket science is it but my efforts have not gone very well rewarded just end up with sort yeah. of oat shrapnel yeah, yeah. Well, that can be like a, your um, your uh, flapjack progression can be a little Patreon exclusive. Yeah, maybe I should. I'll have another crack. Wait. Okay. So we can. That's pretty good. I mean, generally, we've had it. We've come up with a recommendation collectively that oats are a big part of it. Yeah. Okay. So if we did a Venn diagram, oats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would say generally before a session. Uh, I do kind of agree with this. I realize with oats and fruit, 
I'm not really going down this route, but like uh, not a heavily fibrous like meal. So like I am on the carb protein bookend of your session kind of train. And I think lots of the rationale, which makes sense to me is keeping that lower fiber just to like be like more easily digestible, not so heavy on the gut, which makes sense why people advocate like rice and a protein shake or something. Um, I think there's ideas to like uh, try and minimize fats in that kind of meal to, to like ease digestion. Um, but uh, I, eat, I eat a lot of like fruit and vegetables anyway. So I generally have pretty high fiber diet and don't find it too hard to like stomach some oats and like fruit before I have a session. Um, but might just be worth caveating that if you don't have a particularly fibrous diet and might feel um, a bit heavy. Yeah. Or, also, yeah. Sweet. Get appropriate roughage elsewhere. On the fourth day of Christmas. Um, a climbing book. Climbing book. I left that in. Okay. All right. We, we, did, we did discuss... No, 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 no. We're there now. Um, but we did, we did discuss it's not... It's not a big category of literature. Um, yeah. You're not going to find uh, many Penguin classics in this space. I think, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> and I went slightly unconventional with this. But would you like to go first? Uh, okay. If we are allowing sort of it just being a book classified in the sense of it's just... Pages. You know, yeah, pages. <laughs> Um, then text. I would I would probably, probably go for Make or Break by Dave McLeod. I oh, think that's yeah. I think that's a really really good thing for every climber to just have on their bookshelf because he does cover most of the standard climbing injuries in that and talks about you know some recovery and some rehab stuff. Um, uh, and it's quite funny because he has to say quite often in it that you know it's like, I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> So don't take this as red, but he's done so much research that I've never seen anything better done by a medical professional. So I would say that's, that's a very good thing for a climber to have on their bookshelf. I think that's very solid. But if we were saying it had to be more of a book with a bit more of a narrative arc, I am going to push our normal limits and go for Touching the Void, the mountaineering book. Wow, very, okay. Yeah, very yeah. good story. Very yeah, good yeah, story. Yeah. Love love a yeah. survival story. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean that's you don't top get, stuff. You don't get many of those amidst uh bouldering, do you? No. No, again on the old adventure spectrum, we don't really allow <laughs> for much of that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean if anyone hasn't read that, great mountaineering story about a guy. Uh, who gets basically stuck on a mountain by himself and has to get down. That's the very quick synopsis with the fewest spoilers I could think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's saying that, which I actually didn't think about straight away when I was thinking about this. I came up with something quite unconventional. But um, I do remember, maybe it was the first climbing book I read. Is it Climbing Free, Lynn Hill's book? Yes, I think it is. I've not read it. <laughs> Yeah, I did quite enjoy that one. I have like memories of the drama of, um, well, yeah, it's quite dramatic anyway. 
no spoilers. <laughs> like, they're very, very in the early, early in the early stages of the book. It's um, heavy hitting. I didn't necessarily uh, uh, read it out to parents, else then discourage me from pursuing climbing further. Oh, really? <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> no, it just describes some of the bad falls and stuff. Um, but the book that I actually decided, which I don't think you'd have read or looked at because it is both text and illustration was one which um ashima shireshi uh she yeah i guess she wrote it but the illustrations are by someone else and it's called how to solve a problem and i kind of i think it's kind of almost like a children's book but like it's quite philosophical and it relates like the difficulties women we face within climbing to like issues in general life. But anyway, it felt quite like, I mean, it's very easy reading and it's quite like artistically, I think quite nice and creative and is maybe just like a nice alternative climbing related. Um, I, f- I don't know. It's quite unique. Mm. Um, but I, I, uh, I, Nice. Yeah, I that's that's nice. A little um stocking fellow of a recommendation there. Uh, yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I'm also really looking forward to it's not out yet, but I think I'm really looking forward to reading Beth Rodden's book. Yes. Which she spoke about which, on the podcast. Which she was finalizing during the time that we spoke to her. Yeah, I think it's basically from what I've seen on Instagram, I think it's basically done, but um I don't think it's hit the shelves in time for the Christmas rush. Uh, uh, okay yeah which, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a shame but um you don't i mean obviously you don't have to wait till christmas to buy a book but, <laughs> but it's just good for sales i should imagine <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah i'm looking forward to that one because judging by how she normally writes on instagram and things i think i think that'll be very good yeah yeah okay there's a couple of climbing book recommendations there still time still time to uh uh run out to your local uh well, you probably have to get your one online, but you could get mine from any reputable Waterstones, probably, or oh, yeah, yeah, independent far, yeah. bookshop. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, crikey! I need to... Not that far from Christmas, are we? Speaking of which, if you are struggling for a present for your for a climber in your life, wait, you wasn't that on to the, me here. Wait, wasn't you that on the list? Me. Was the climbing was the was the gift for a climber on the list, or did they take that off? Oh yeah, but that was number nine. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll we'll shoot to that one then, because even at the time you're listening to this podcast, there's still time to buy a climber in your life a membership to the Careless Talk Climbing Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny that you cracked that joke because my joke was going to be like, "Why didn't you buy them a Spotter magazine?" (laughs) Uh, Right. Yes. So we're being very self-serving on here, Uh, but there is always the chance um, that anyone might be listening to this and being like, "It's the twenty fourth. All the shops are shut. I've blown it. It's going to be humiliating." You, there's still time to sign up to Patreon. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. an anytime gig. Anytime. Ev- yeah, everyone's Christmas, uh, Christmas dream, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll have a hard time wrapping it, and we don't do a sort of card. Um, but you won't be. Yeah. You'll only be sort of literally empty-handed, not metaphorically empty-handed. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, very good. But um, can you still buy yeah. Spotter magazines? I thought it was sold out. Anyway, uh, no, you can buy the second issue. Still got some of the second issue left. Still there, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that um, blatant plug. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh yeah, genuinely gift for a climber. Got any ideas? Yeah, actually, the 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 patroons helped me with this one um, because they pointed out the ultimate place to buy anyone a gift on the cheap. If you're, you know, this is a frugal tip, is AliExpress. Uh, and so I popped onto AliExpress um, to have a look uh, at what they had available. Uh, it's Slim Pickens, admittedly. They had some brilliant plastic climbing holds. And by plastic, I really do mean sort of no texture, just plastic jars. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah. That would be a great gift for Aiden to put on his board. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love four that. £4.99 <laughs> climbing jugs from AliExpress. <laughs> You'd love wow. that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So that was an option, but there was also it was a very tasteful T-shirt which had uh, it was a white, plain white T-shirt, very, 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 very cost uh, cost effective, um, and it had a couple of sort of relatively poorly drawn climbing holds around of different sizes and shapes, and the big slogan which would impress everyone on Christmas Day was just nice jugs. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I should have seen nice. that going. <laughs> that's that's the best kind of like double entendre, isn't it? The best kind is when there's no real double to that at all. Like there wasn't yeah. even jug, there wasn't even climbing jugs on the t-shirt. It's an absolute yeah, yeah. shambles of a gift. <laughs> <laughs> but almost like if it was trying to be half decent, it would almost ruin the fun. Yeah, exactly. There's a certain novelty yeah. to it. Um, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. when no one in the general public will understand the double meaning at all, even though the yeah. double meaning is very thin. For a double meaning to work well, the sort of salacious, uh, sort of naughty version has to be more obscure than the yeah. less naughty version. That's how that's how I they think, work. <laughs> when I it's the other fair. way around, that's just crap. <laughs> You look like a bit of a loser at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You apologies. Just, yeah. Apologies to those who have already purchased such yeah. a t-shirt. But if there's, if there's anyone sat there driving home for Christmas in their nice jokes t-shirt, I apologise for being. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, uh, my my recommendation was far more boring, but it's something in more recent times I've been incredibly grateful that I purchased. And that is rechargeable electric hand warmers. Oh, nice. For we're in winter. I personally struggle with a circulation to my hands quite significantly. Oh, most clients um, do. It's a tendon thing. There you go. Oh, yeah. Sam the physio. Um, wow. I'd love to hear more about that at some point. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, basically, these things are great. They're like kind of like solid little pod-shaped hand warmers. You charge them up. Uh, I just put them on low and they stay warm. And actually, I have a really thick down jacket, which I put one in each pocket. And then there's an inside pocket, which I put my climbing shoe in. And so then I can put my hands in the pockets. My hands are warm. My climbing shoes get pretty warm. I also get a little bit warm. And wow, 
saved some pretty bleak times. That is actually a great tip for anyone who's not come across it before. When you get to the crag and you start warming up immediately, if you haven't done already on the walk in, do it on the walk in if you're if you're really forward thinking. Get those climbing shoes inside your down jacket ASAP because if you put on freezing cold climbing shoes, your feet will go numb very quick. So you may as well be wearing clogs as well because you can yeah. feel absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, that's a great that's a great tip. Um, but yeah, from my understanding of why climbers all end up with circulation issues is that there's only so much space in the carpal tunnel in your wrist. And as the tendons thicken, they are yes. essentially, there's, there's no space left. Our wrists aren't very good at expanding. So they uh, sort of occlude the blood vessels that go through as your tendons oh, expand. That is, that is my interesting. That is my understanding. And that is why so many of us climbers have a kind of climbing induced Reynolds, but um, yeah, obviously not yeah. necessarily as bad as Reynolds, but yeah, doing loads and loads of climbing is not good for the circulation into your hands. Interesting. And I there believe that's the reason why. Functional advice. Do well, message me on Instagram, advice. Huffy, if I've just got that wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> More good tips. Um, uh, okay, well, wait. That's, so that's that was, good. We smashed that. So that's that was number gift. nine on my okay, list. But so we're, we're going to say that was number five. That was our fifth that was, recommendation. That was fifth day of Christmas. So I'm going to have to just like readjust a list on my um, on the fly. Not too hard. I'm supposedly studying maths. Upon the sixth day of Christmas, okay, we now recommend to you a regular book. Oh God, I put that in. All Great. right. Do yes. No, go that? ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, it will give you some. I'll start. It will give you time to think. Um, I thought a little bit about this one. I did think quite a lot about this one. I actually have been doing less reading in recent times, but I thought a nice book to recommend to people who may not have read it is braiding sweetgrass oh wow i've not read that i've not even heard of that oh perfect um by robin wall chimera um it's basically a book about a botanist or uh, basically a book about someone who has indigenous um, american heritage and fuses like um indigenous ways of thinking about like the natural world with scientific knowledge um around plants and it's a really kind of i thought it was a, it's quite an emotive quite a powerful book i think the main maybe the main theme is perhaps about reciprocity between humanity and the natural world but by my sum, summary of the book but it's like it's pretty um it's a pretty special book i think mm. yeah i mean now you've said that oh god that's tough uh i've got so many different it's almost like it'd be easier to recommend a book per genre but that's that'll take yeah. too long now um, i know you read a lot so i thought this i actually don't of... anymore i don't anymore not as much as i would like but um oh. i i certainly used to um but i also i mean i still i still read i i do i listen to quite a lot of audiobooks nowadays um yeah but uh convenient doesn't yeah so it's, it's just so much more convenient but it doesn't really count um podcasts but, and audiobooks have definitely replaced a lot of my reading time yeah 
it's just it i actually particularly if if the author is reading it then i will always i will always go for the audiobook if the author is reading it then definitely because they all will read it as they meant it. And I think they'll probably do a better job than I would have done. But yeah, yeah if, it, if it's read by someone else, then it's a different thing. Unless that someone else is Stephen Fry, in which case. Yes. Wow. Pa- purchase that. We can really see eye to eye on this. <laughs> purchase that. <laughs> so uh, I, I, what should we do? Um, do I have to do one? Just one? Or can I, can I sneak in a you couple? Can- yeah, you can sneak in a couple. Okay, I'll sneak in a couple. Let's do. This isn't a place for hard and fast rules. Let's. Be yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to do Siddhartha by Herman Hesse. Flipping heck! I don't know why I didn't think of that. That's one of my favorite books. Such a good book, and it was funny because it, it's a it's a lovely book, and it's it's again, um, it's very wow. much a lot a lot of a lot of it is about the environment as well. In a sense, it's a lot about. Um, the learnings that someone can get through nature and, and particularly a river in, in that case. Um, and, and kind of just really does conjure up. It's, it's such a magical book. It's really well written and it's short. So if you're not a big reader, yeah. do not be put off because it's only about 70 odd pages, isn't it? It's not very long. Yeah, no, um, it's, an, it's an easy read and, and it's oh, lovely. Yeah. 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 It's a really nice book. I thought back and I was, I, I actually messaged Aiden at one point to ask him if he'd read it. Cause I suddenly realized that if Aiden hasn't read this, he's going to absolutely love it, but he had read it. So, um, but I knew you'd love um, that. <laughs> as should you. Dear listener. The listeners. Dear listener. Yeah. Dear listener. <laughs> um, okay. So let's do that for a standard book. I'm going to go for, if anyone's a sci-fi enthusiast like me, um, I'm going to go for Player of Games by Ian M. Banks. Um, but if, if, you're not, if you're not a sci-fi reader, I would definitely start with Player of Games because it's the most straightforward story that he wrote. And it's really, really good. So I let's go for that. Because I've not read it. <laughs> oh, it's really, it's just super, just basic sci-fi, just good fun. Um, but if you want to go deep and you're willing to uh, read something which is a bit more confusing, then Use of Weapons is actually the better book in my eyes of his, but uh, yeah, yeah. Some, some recommendations, but the book I've just read uh, for anyone and probably more for the British listener. uh, I just read unruly by um, David Mitchell, which is a history of Kings of Kings and Queens of England. I say Kings and Queens, but it's almost all Kings um, because it's medieval Kings up to, he, he goes from, from the beginning, from the, actually non-existent king arthur all the way up to elizabeth the first i think um and it's just really good fun i love i love history when it's like pop history you know i don't want to talk about seed rotations and agriculture and the church <laughs> you know like ecclesiastical <laughs> wow. politics i don't want to go into that stuff i want to keep it i want to keep it you know keep it fun um preferably still true it's preferably still accurate not like <laughs> not like cod history <laughs> yeah 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 oh, but that's, go. that's I... good fun and and i actually listened to the audiobook of that because it's read by david mitchell so it's really good oh lovely there you Ooh. go there's a, a number of recommendations for you yes i could go on all day there's so many more but let's leave it at that so number seven on the seventh day of christmas our recommendation to you is an outdoor climbing trip. Outdoor climbing trip tip. Uh, an, 
tip so yeah okay all right we're not, yes. my words. okay i have i've got i've i've got one prepared for this yes um, okay you go you go uh wait a minute no i don't I, <laughs> i've got one uh, planned i've got one planned for the um was there a climbing climbing trip tactic trip tactic tip. okay i've got one prepared for that um my climbing outdoor tip i'll have a think you about also, that you also gave one with the climbing shoes so that's a good outdoor tip Okay, yeah. Let's copy and paste that. That what's is a good one. What's now, your one? I, now that you actually said that, because I didn't get down to the climbing trip tactics tip, which is remarkably similar. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's more on a general on a trip, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is uh, just a general outdoor climbing tip. Seems very vague, very obvious, but patience because... The really common phenomenon of maybe someone like looking down at their skin or like flexing their fingers and like kind of like with a slightly puzzled look and saying, maybe I've got one more try in me is almost exclusively a time which you should stop. (laughs) And and, uh, I would say, I would say, I've never been in that scenario, decided to stop and regretted it. But I have been in many situations where I have followed through with that one more try and wished I hadn't. Yeah, I, I think that's such a perfect tip because I've done that so many times, in innumerable times, but exactly the same as you. If you're looking down at your skin and you're thinking, oh God, this might open up soon. I'll just have one more go. <laughs> yeah that is the go that is going to open up and then you will massively regret it and also i don't know if this is the same for you that go i've never sent it on that go yeah i know that is true i feel like i feel like there must be i also kind of think that you know the like the last go of the day when you psychologically prepare yourself for the last try often you like really try and like uh conjure up something within you to try that extra bit harder and if you've kind of got like oh my fingers are pretty tired or oh, my skin's pretty thin that's really not the kind of thing you want to be doing and so, no, yeah, yeah. so uh, i do think yeah that patient or reservation perhaps is a better word um, yes uh, another time to exercise restraint and this is another thing i've done embarrassingly enough if you're doing send burns and you're getting through to like, you know, 80% through the boulder or something and you're falling off, if you're getting to the point of the session where you're now suddenly can't do the start of the thing that you were doing easily before, that's another good time to stop. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. There is no, you're not just suddenly going to pull it out of the bag or, you know, it's incredibly unlikely. You're just going to hurt yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. The fastest way to do it from being in that position is to go home. To go home. Or refine easier parts, which might have been the issue. Because there are examples where, like, if you're fluffing up like an easier section through a harder bit and then you get too tired, that you still have the energy or the beans to refine movements. Or that's generally like if I'm at a point where I feel like I can give tries on a boulder and like I'll really resting and prioritizing my attempts, I'll often. Um, but also at the same time feel like I haven't tried every single option on the climb and there's like some experimentation to do. Obviously, 
I mean, I speak from the privileged position of being a full-time climber, but lots of people don't have such uh, that privilege and are like are less time rich in that sense. But even I personally like like to try and I'll try and do climbs as quickly as I can. Like I like to do climbs, but obviously I like doing climbs, but also it's nice to do climbs because then you can do other climbs. Um, so I'll be trying to do climbs quickly. Maybe if you weren't attached to that, you would just have a session where like you feel capable of giving it tries from the start, but instead you just like refine methods on moves even when you're feeling fresh. But I often leave that to like the end of my session. So like if I'm giving tries on something that's really hard for me, I'll maybe have like a few tries. And at the point where I'm like, oh, okay, now I probably can't go from the start, but I can still do individual moves. It's like at that point where I'll be like, okay, I'll give it a few tries, just like kind of understanding individual moves and like kind of working on all these nuances. Um, so that's times where like, maybe that's a slight example of a time where you like maybe would throw in the towel on like giving it rips, but you would not necessarily just leave. Fair, fair. Um, I actually have thought of a tip while I've been discussing it. A great warm-up tip and I know I'm not not good at warm-ups, but I stole this from Nathan. Get a portable hangboard, uh, which is obviously great just as it is, but another alternative, attach a bunch of therabands to it, or one good theraband, put that theraband underneath your foot and do finger curls on the on the board. It's a really good way to get some blood into your forearms and get warmed up quicker. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he loves that, doesn't he? Yeah, so do I now. Ever since borrowing Nathan's, I always have one of those at the crag. Do about two sets of that and then get going. How many reps? Bribed. I do 60 reps. Jeez. Which sounds like a lot. Wow. I know it sounds like a lot, but remember, it's not particularly heavy weight. So it's a lot of not very much. It's just to get the blood flowing. You know, you do two sets of 60. Well, I actually probably do more like three sets or something, but yeah. Wow. But that, that's just to help get a bit of blood going into your forearms. Because, you know, um, you've got to avoid the flash pump. Um, yeah. So the flash pump, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is if you try to, you do too, too many moves too early in your session when you're not fully warmed up and you get crazy pumped. Um, yeah. And then it's really hard to shift that and you feel a bit, pumped for about an hour afterwards or like 45 minutes you want to avoid that and this is a great way of doing it. a great way of avoiding the flash pump is to do the squeezes on the um portable fingerboard until you feel a bit pumped and then stop do that a couple of times and then you you've sort of immured yourself uh, inoculized from the flash pump i don't know how it works clearly <laughs> i know I, I i i don't i, I don't i don't have all the answers but but it does seem to work anyway. That's my tip. Yeah. Perfect. Sweet. That's a good, there's some good tips. Ace. Now, on the eighth day of Christmas, yeah. we recommend to you an indoor climbing tip. Okay. All right. I have Which, a simple one on this one. Nice. And I have a slightly more complex one. So, Okay. Shall I just start off? I'll do, I'll do the yeah. starter and you can do the cocker van. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sometimes right. I appreciate simpler the best, simpler the best. My, my, my very simple climbing tip for indoors is purchase a pair of very soft climbing shoes. I don't think 
obviously it won't be for absolutely everybody. Some people won't get on with them, but I think you will find that the Scarpa Drago will outperform basically any other shoe indoors. I'm sure other brands are available. That's just the shoe. The only Scarpa I wear, and this is, I could actually give climbing shoe tips because I'm not sponsored by any climbing shoe manufacturer. So ah, yeah. this I'm is biased. not, I'm, I'm not a paid shill. I'm not like, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I've not got at Scarpa in my Instagram. Uh, and it's Me the only, and it, yeah, <laughs> and it's the only Scarpa I wear. Um, because it's also the only scarf that properly fits me, to be honest. And I have, I have found that quite often people find that if I've heard, I've heard some people say that they're all scarpers fit them except the Drago, uh, which kind of mm. makes sense because the only scarf that really fits me is the Drago. Um, but it's, it is, as far as I can tell, the best indoor climbing shoe I've ever come across. It, because it's so soft, it conforms to holds really well. Uh, and bad footholds indoors. Are normally quite smeary rather than like it's not like outdoors where you get like a sort of two mil sharp edge uh, yeah. and then you want a really like hard shoe to stand on it that doesn't that doesn't come up and they stand on macros and they stand on volumes much much better so if you're having trouble indoors at standing on volumes and smears and things do check out a very very soft shoe in my case the scarpa drago that's my tip there you go very good um my tip was essentially something I've experimented a lot more with. Maybe I initially started experimenting when working with Hazel, but I've definitely tried to implement throughout my training seasons ever since. And that was to practice in putting the same like psychological focus that I would do were I to be sitting in front of like a rock climb that I'm really inspired by. Um, because I think in the past, I've definitely had the attitude when climbing inside or training on a board of throwing myself at it, which can be like quite fun. And you just feels almost like you're messing around or playing around. Obviously you should be having fun, but performing well and each and every try you have feels to me like a mental muscle, which you can train. And I think it's very easy to not flex it and kind of miss out on the opportunity to get much better at that. Generally on a climbing trip, the ability to really optimize your attempts, obviously in a physical sense, resting enough, like doing all that, the things you can control. But psychologically, when you're trying a project, it can be quite an intense space to be in. But I think we we could e we can easily miss out on the opportunity to practice that when climbing inside. That being said, if you're going for a chilled sociable session, don't necessarily like <laughs> just not talk to your friends or anything. Like, in, and also, that don't touch happen. that hold. I pushed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can have a good time, but also they don't have to be. Um, they don't have to be like mutually exclusive. Like you can. Um, yeah, I think you can. Uh, you can tread a tread a good balance. But I think using the opportunity of like setting yourself down and climb, trying to like maybe attempt to like go into the details of the nuances of moves as though like to the degree that I would outside essentially like putting more emphasis on how much I care about each attempt. Nice. Good tip. Yeah. Um, I was almost Moving tempted. On. I was almost tempted to put down competition tactic tip from two non-competition climbers. 
Um, Competition tactic trip. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, t- I probably took that out because um, we're probably not the people people go to for competition tactic tips potentially could be awful advice yeah <laughs> yeah i mean at least on my case it didn't work very well so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh kind of likewise to be honest but no nah, nah, nah. <laughs> um ninth day of christmas uh our recommendation to you is just a training tip which i realized almost what i spoke about then but i do actually have a different one for this okay all right what have you got my one concisely simply was begin at the beginning and start with what you look to gain from your training and try to avoid the phenomenon of training for training's sake okay so like so like i think try and like check in with why you are training if you're just doing it for exercise sake well i feel like training works best when you have an objective for why you're doing it and i think it is quite easy to be go into a training phase and end up doing a load of things which aren't relevant to what you're trying to looking to get out of that training phase and i think that is we only have finite energy and so i think keeping it relevant to our objectives is important yeah yeah okay and my training tip uh would be to it's kind of similar in a sense but it's to to not lose sight of why you're doing it so Mm try not to get too pent up or or annoyed if you're not feeling a hundred percent in your training and you're like you know you're you're doing a a board project and you're not feeling like particularly that good you're not supposed to be feeling a hundred percent all of the time when you're training that's that's part of it and if in a way if you are feeling a hundred percent every time when you're training you're not you're not really training um you're just sort of climbing and, and that's what i do now i don't i don't sort of formally train but um yeah, I would say if you are doing a proper training block, base, trust the process, except that it's it's not a day by day. You shouldn't be stronger every day than you were yesterday in a training block. That's not how it works. It's big picture, big picture stuff. Yeah, that's a good point. And if you haven't listened to the episode we did more recently with my personal coach, Ollie, we spoke a little bit about this, partly uh, about how to address this, partly with employing a coach but that is like obviously an expense and not something everyone can do an alternative method in which you can do that was to keep a training diary which you can easily reference at those mental lows um when you can like see the bigger picture and understand that this is part of the process and also see your progression from like an objective perspective as opposed to just like immersed in your doom and gloom emotions right there yeah and also like conditions pays a massive factor as well you know yeah even if it's a day where you think no i had a couple of rest days i should be feeling great if it's a day of crap conditions and the last time you tried this that was really good conditions even inside makes a big difference you know we're not this is not a level playing field we're not just sort of lifting weights at the gym it's it is complicated and nuanced and you can't always see linear progress and it's out of your hands. So accept that and just plug in and do the session unless you're feeling tweaky or you need to stop <laughs> for any other reason. We're on the same page. <laughs> Excellent. All right. We're cracking on. We're motoring. Yeah. Okay. So now wait, we're on to number 10. Is that right? Was, yeah, number 10. Was that 10? Or was that... Yeah, yeah, we must be on no, to number 10. That must have been nine. To, 
yeah, that was number nine. So now okay. on to number 10, we've surpassed what was originally a gift for a climber. Now we're on to music recommendations. Okay. All right. Is this for training or just general music? I guess we accept either. See books. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I'm actually quite intrigued. What music do you generally train to? Absolute mixed bag. Could be yeah. absolutely anything. I have never gone in for the kind of you know some people need to get that music to get them like amped up to climb uh you know i can't imagine any other time anyone would listen to techno um but but, you know people like that music kind of get them going and they can't train to anything i can train to literally anything i can climb to any music at all i'd rather music than no music but as long as it's music that i like i'm happy i don't need like a, a set thing Okay. Yeah. Am I the same? I actually think I operate better without, I don't like music to be too heavy duty when I climb. Okay. Yeah. And by that, you mean like sort of like heavy um, beat or? Yeah. Well, basically like, uh, I think, which is quite interesting um, because I think a lot of it ties into uh, the way in which like, um, people compose themselves when they climb as well and what is like beneficial so you know how like i think because i think i don't know i find music quite an emotive thing um mm-hmm. so it, like it changes me a lot like or not a lot but like it feels like it makes some changes to the way i like I compose myself um, yeah music definitely has the power to do that yeah absolutely and for different people so i think the only thing like within climbing i think i can um it can be related to like, you know, some people when they are like looking to perform really well, like hype themselves up and like get really like try and get some adrenaline flowing and they'll be like power screaming or like kind of like trying to really amp themselves up. Now, I wonder if that is a trait of someone who's generally pretty like uh, like powerful and like um erratic maybe is the wrong word but like um generally like maybe i wonder if that's a trait of someone who climbs in that way in an attempt to or maybe they maybe uh they generally like you know when you're more powerful you kind of are like less tense throughout the whole entirety of the movement mm-hmm. basically my feeling is i'm generally quite over tense as a not over tense but i have a tendency to like maintaining a lot of tension in my body when i climb so you're better off with music that calms you down a bit yeah i find music which relaxes because i i always like feel like i try to optimize my performance by being in quite a relaxed state so i'll do like series of breathing exercises and like would really try and clear my clear my head and try and be generally the times where i'm like perform feel like i'm performing best and giving attempts I am in like a really relaxed state. Um, obviously not like relaxed. Like I've just like come out of a sauna and I'm all like floppy and like limbs are like cheese strings. But like um, I'm like usually try and like feel quite calm. And so I think generally I will often, not that I'd listen to like really relaxing music when I train, but I won't listen to as up a beta music as I think some people do. Mm, okay. So like, I listen to quite a lot of like classical music when I climb. Have you got a recommendation? I like, oh, there's a track I like by Max Richter. 
Okay. I think he's a German composer. Um, he does like a, um, I think it's called Spring One. I like that one. Let's see if I can find the album. Uh, I think it's like basically like an album around like different seasons, but that's a classical like album that I quite like. Just trying to think what else I listen to. Saying that, I do listen to some like, just generally, maybe I listen to that actually contrasts my previous point about relaxing. In the past, I've listened to some like hip hop quite a lot as well. Okay. But maybe that's that's more upbeat. I wouldn't listen to like anything too heavy as well. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's good. Um wait, what's a fun oh okay, yeah. Funky curveball music recommendation. Don't know if you have you heard of uh Deltron? What? Deltron? No, don't think so. Okay, yeah, this is a this is a funny because this is like pretty weird, wacky hip hop. Um Deltron 3030. Deltron 3030. That's an album for you. I listened to this album quite a lot when I went to Fontainebleau with Jack Ainscoff, probably in like 2017. And All right, like, fair play. It's really like funky, weird hip-hop music, but um, I quite like listening to that. Nice. Well, I've also got a bit of a off-the-wall recommendation because my recent uh, training... I don't have a training playlist, obviously, but uh, that'd be mad. It'd be so bored. But the, the the stuff I've been listening to recently is is a very off the wall recommendation. Uh, but I think it's really good. Um, Pink Floyd, Dark oh. Side of the Dark Side of the Moon, classic, incredible, well, incredible album. Yeah, uh, yeah I can one of the best the of all time. Up. I see the album cover every episode we record. Yeah, that's a vinyl. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's not signed or anything. Be <laughs> 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 cool if it was. Uh, but no, incredible album. But someone has taken uh, Wu-Tang Clan tracks and meshed, like meshed Wu-Tang Clan tracks with Dark Side of the Moon tracks. What? And... It is amazing. I strongly recommend going on YouTube, searching for Dark Side of the Moon slash Wu-Tang Clan. It is really, really good. Wow. I can't, I can't even like. Can't imagine it, can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you need to, you need to listen. It's the sort of thing that to be honest, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, hmm, that sounds bad, but it isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, okay, I'm going to listen to that. That's, that sounds interesting. And now I love a bit of Pink Floyd. They're also um, they have some pretty philosophical songs in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Br- Brain damage. Pretty. It's one uh, of my favorites. Pretty. Pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, one of my favorites. Uh, uh, mind, I, mind, mind body. Uh, kind of. Uh, wait. Mind body. Maybe that's a word. Like kind of. Um, who am I kind of yeah, like, yeah, uh, ex- yeah. existential songs. Yeah. 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 Uh, I actually, the first time I bothered to put a song on a reel uh, was this year and I put brain damage on it. Ah, yeah. Okay. Cause there's that something, something maniacal about that. that Cause I was doing like a stupid contrived eliminate link up at forest rock. So it felt yeah. mad. And this was a classic. Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the lyrics seemed to work with the crazy thing I was doing. Actually, that happened to me at, um, at Impossible Roof. 
I was there, golem like goblin character sheltering under this like little bit of rock uh, in a particularly not very nice. It's the sort of place I described it to uh, my wife. It's like when I'm walking in, it just feels like the sort of place I might find a body. Oof. Yeah, yeah. okay. It's like that's the sort of place yeah. it doesn't have a nice vibe yeah um, okay but anyway i was there like hungering under this thing and four dudes came by on motocross bikes and they were doing like jumps through the through the woods and were like razzing up like steep inclines and stuff on their bikes and i was like how did i end up with the uncool hobby like what <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think you could sleep easy. I think I think uh now nah, climate climate's cool in its own way, you know. Cool. Maybe yeah. it's maybe it's know. they look like maybe it's uncool enough that I don't know, I feel like that's kind of it's nice that it's uncool because then it's like pure for the reasons that we're doing it. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's like not we're many not, people we're not doing it because it's cool. Yeah, there's not many people looking at me sheltering under that rock in a down jacket, shivering in minus three, going, that guy looks cool. Yeah, yeah, which is good. That gives me like <laughs> that gives me confidence in that like yeah, we definitely it's what we want to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Why yeah, is yeah. the better question, I suppose. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, but that's a that's a good song to accompany. And actually, I mean, we've kind of just thrown about is kind of we have given this as a song recommendation but i would recommend people just sitting down and listening to that song because it's pretty good and yeah. uh i think it's like nice yeah it is nicely philosophical there's a famous line in it there's someone in my head but it's not it's me not me yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so that's a little teaser give that a listen probably yeah. most people i'd be shocked actually if people listen to this podcast and not listen to heard of pink floyd anyway well I mean, they are pretty old now, aren't they? It's really not a... Yeah, it's true. But yeah, yeah. check Give it, it out. Check it out. Which brings us to the 11th day of Christmas, whereby we recommend a podcast. Um, now, I'm going to make the absolute assumption that we exclude the Careless Talk Climate podcast from this list. <laughs> Absolutely not. That is our recommendation. <laughs> but if you could possibly want to listen to another podcast, any thoughts? Uh, what's I really like um, The Rest is History. Yes, Rest is History. Same, also same kind of thing as what I mentioned earlier about history. It's not it's not super pop. It's it's like relatively heavy because there are other podcasts that are a bit too kind of you know funky. You know, like too sort funky. of yeah, you know, like sort of horrible histories and stuff like that. It's like oh uh, yeah, I like, actually haven't listened to that one, but yeah, you know when people say like don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Well, that shouldn't really apply to history <laughs> podcasts. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that seems that seems but yeah, funny. I, I like that, and and um, they've got honestly, they've done so many episodes of that. They're the same producers of the rest is politics, right? Yes, and I think and the rest that. is other stuff. The rest is is the constant, so, and because um, they bring out like a two a week or something, it's been yeah, for some time. Yeah, it's actually a bit too much, um, but at least you don't run out. No, but they've got so many that you can scroll through and look at look and wait till you find something that interests you and listen to it, and and they're they're pretty good. Uh, it's just yeah, that yeah. right 
that lovely level of being entertaining, but also I feel like I'm learning something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like that. I have you listened to Today and Focused, the no. Guardian one? No, I don't. Yeah, think so. it's a it's a the Guardian podcast, and that's pretty good. Um, gives some like backstory and um history to general like world affairs. Um, but it's gen- usually pretty interesting. They have a very various different reporters. I also quite like the. No, it's quite differently. It's um, a bit more sciencey. But uh, have you listened to Radio Lab? No, there's so many podcasts. Everyone's doing a podcast nowadays, aren't they? Tragic. Yeah, Radio Lab <laughs> is a pretty good one. They like delve into like some quite interesting scientific. It's like scientific journalism. It's pretty. It's a pretty good one. Um, so yeah, maybe I'd recommend Radio Lab and Today in Focus. Nice. Okay, they're good ones. Um, do you have any sort of like guilty pleasures? Guilty pleasure podcast. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, guilty pleasures. Uh, I've listened to the off menu that James A. Castor and Ed Gamble do before. I actually haven't listened to that for a little while, but they do like. Um, I like oh, James yeah. A. Castor. He's like a weird guy, but that's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, it's like a comedy podcast um any other guilty pleasures I'm not that guilty about my podcasting pleasures i used to listen to actually i was a i used to listen to a podcast called reply all uh i think it was by gimlet media and they basically delve into like weird things happening on the internet i think it's stopped now but that's oh, that is the sort of thing I would probably like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Reply all. Actually, I think you should. I think you'd like a few of those. Yeah, my my guilty pleasure is ghost stories. I like ghost stories. Oh, you've spoken about this before, but I still yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Is my my guilty pleasure? Question: Do I believe in ghosts? Answer: No. But I would love to be convinced and i have this weird idea that maybe this next one will be the one that i believe <laughs> as <laughs> of it. yet not 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 managed it but i'm not ruling it out i am ghost agnostic uh, and so i'm hoping to be believed and i just like there's something about ghost stories that's just a bit fun and i always have this thing where i say that you know when you're a kid and you believed in you know father christmas and elves and pixies and pirates and and dragons and then you slowly come to the realization that all of the really fun things you were taught as a kid just don't they're not real there's no magic in the world like um, like like father christmas <laughs> well no 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 just kidding just kidding well, you believe yes. out there yes. stay strong yeah, except <laughs> that he is obviously real. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, what a yeah. way to ruin a Christmas podcast. Yeah, sorry if anyone's if anyone's listening to this around their kids. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, I, f- I feel a right old Grinch right now. <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined Christmas for for some children. Uh, but but I just like this idea that there are some people that still believe in magic of some kind. In this case, ghosts. And I would Good love on. it. And I would love it if they could if they could convince me because I think it'd be great fun if they existed it's rare um, that people go back the other way doesn't it but. yeah yeah okay so i'm just gonna say for, so my my guilty pleasure uh ghosty podcast is i mean appropriately named ghost story 
uh, and it's, it's, it's only sort of like eight, eight episodes or something, but it's this really funny story about this guy who felt like he had a ghost in his house growing up. And then he later discovers that, so then he, he, then he gets like a girlfriend and that girlfriend's granddad comes over to visit or something. And the guy just casually says, oh, it's funny because my, my mother was murdered in the house next door. And it's like this huge bombshell. And then, so he's kind of trying to figure out if his girlfriend's great grandmother is the person haunting him. And in so doing, just wonders if the person who is supposed to have murdered his uh, girlfriend's great grandmother was actually not the person at all. And so it becomes a bit of a kind of whodunit. It's, it's supposed to be, I mean, it's a true story, at least it's supposed to be. Um, so it's not really that ghosty because after the first bit, it's not, it's not really talking about the ghosts, but uh, it's a really fun little uh, podcast. It's only about eight eight episodes, and uh, yeah, it killed killed some time for me. Anyway, I enjoyed it. So that's my guilty pleasure podcast. Wow, that sounds good. I will actually maybe give that a listen. I thought it's fun. Yeah, yeah, I've got some train journeys on the way back, so that should fill some time. I, I feel like I should ask: Do you ever listen to any other climbing podcasts? Obviously, I know you listen to this one religiously every day. You and um, your cereal to it. <laughs> that would almost be weird. Worrying. So, <laughs> that would um, be concerning, wouldn't it? <laughs> I actually don't listen to that many. I listen to the odd, like if there's somebody I know or like, maybe I'd listen to more training-based ones. Really? I find yeah, training like, the most boring. Uh, but I like some like train, like alternative ideas I always like to get. Mm. But don't listen to that many actually hmm. i would I recommend the so the only climbing podcast that i would probably have listened to all of the episodes i think is kyra and allison's one circle up yeah two yeah, reasons okay. one podcasts are full of blokes who yeah <laughs> should really should really there's enough climbing podcasts what are we doing but yeah like there's you know you can get you can get perspectives of people like me and aiden or aiden and me or whatever in a <laughs> number of different podcasts but what i like about it, i think it's about the only one with two women that i'm aware of so they've got a different perspective on that but also they're nice they're 30 minutes our yeah, podcasts yeah. drag on for ages <laughs> <laughs> that is true that is true i actually have listened to a few of those and i have really enjoyed them yeah so i'd um, recommend that if we were going to recommend a climbing podcast that wasn't ours yeah 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 i also so, have listened to jam crack a number of times yeah 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 niall's got some good ones yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the local british podcast good old uh, good old steven at the nugget has uh interviewed has got, has got some good ones as well yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Especially you go. Um, episode number. Um, yes, what were you? Remember. Can't remember. No idea. <laughs> yes, he also interviewed Aiden, but he talked a bit too much about high angle crimps. So I feel like that's all been covered now. So you might, yeah. you might have probably, you probably heard enough. If you would like to hear more about high angle crimping, go back and uh, go listen, listen to Aiden. To that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to talk about it anymore here. <laughs> all right. What What are we on now? The final day of Christmas. The twelfth day. The final day. The of Christmas. final day of t- Christmas is climbing trip tactics tip. Okay, I've got one ready for this. Okay, do you want, yeah. Do you want to go first? Mine. I feel like I'm articulating my one on the spot a little bit. But okay, all right. Mine 
is if you're on a trip and you've got a project. Okay, this is sounding similar to my idea. It's better. It's it's better to. So if you think you have a big day on your project and then you have a rest day and you want to get back on your project, that's okay if your skin is good. But if you're trying the same boulder and over and over again, likely it's likely that your skin is wearing down exactly the same way that that project is doing it. And also your muscles take longer than just one rest day to recover. So you, I, I would recommend, and you might find that you do better on your project if you do day on project, day on anything else, rest day project, you will do better. So you haven't had any more rest days and you've got to climb on some other things, but you've given your body a break from the exact rigors of that problem. And you will, I think you will definitely find that you will be fresher on it, having had two days off the project, even though you were climbing on other stuff on one of them. That's my yeah. tactic tip. I would definitely agree with that. Um, kind of a similar scenario, I guess, where somebody has a project um, and they're like really zoning in on this project. I think to check in regularly about uh, whether it's the best use of your time. Um, what I mean by that is, I mean, for us, it was just yesterday, but it, yesterday might be in the future for you listeners. Um, it shall be in the future. We wow. had a discussion a lot about um, balancing commitment and enjoyment of climbing experiences, like what we commit to and how much we enjoy the in-the-moment experiences. And when committing yourselves to projects, I think it's worth like checking in on how uh, realistic it is within your time frame, because I think there are many examples that I've come across myself where if I had thought more constructively about, uh, there have been many scenarios where I've like committed myself to a project and keep going back to that project at like an opportunity cost of climbing on things I'd maybe rather climb on. Um, or maybe not rather climb on, but maybe I'd like like more variety in my climbing days. Um, where realistically, if I'd stepped back and been like, oh, actually, I'm planning on returning in like a year's time or like next season, and it's something that I can realistically train well for. Um, there are times where I've probably been like deep in a project mode where I may be just about capable of doing something, but I know I'm definitely capable of doing it if I go away and train for it and could maybe have a better time climbing on these other things. So like, I think you, we each have our threshold of where to make this judgment call, but I think basically just having regular points throughout your trips of checking in and not just like blindly solely committing to a goal can be quite helpful. Yes. Yeah. Good tips. I guess the final one I've got, even though I don't need to give another one, but I just, in general, like what we were saying earlier, because I think it is so important. Stop climbing before you split, if at all possible. If it's looking yeah. like you might split soon, stop now on a trip, especially because if it splits, obviously sometimes it's unavoidable, but if it splits on a trip, you're, you're in trouble because it does take a long time to recover. So if, if you can, yeah, if you can stop.
yeah good advice that's 12 12 days yeah with that we've had 12 days of christmas which means christmas is over and it's time to knuckle down And get training, get back to training. <laughs> get that mince pie. Mince pie is gone post Christmas. Not having that. We're not having mid mid January mince pies. That's wrong. Get that carol uh, off the radio. That's sick. I don't know though. I don't know why they're not normalised all year round. But yeah, 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 I think they'd be rubbish all year round. It's like it's like um, they're sickly sweet in the same way that Christmas music is sickly sweet. It's good for like a couple of weeks of the year, and then you bin it off for next year. And you keep it special. Uh, yeah. Okay. But no, I, yeah, but I yeah. do, from all of us here on the team at the Keller's Talk Climbing Podcast, uh, oh, all of the, all of the, <laughs> all of the sound team and the editors and, uh, you know, the, the agents, a very Merry Christmas to everybody. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have a good Christmas, everyone. And we'll be back afterwards. Yeah, in the new year. Happy in the new year. year. <laughs> Happy new year. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.